Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. I'm now going to do, I feel, I feel released to kind of do a very abbreviated version of this message. That if you know me, you know I have probably at least 12 pages of notes. Because that's just who I am. That's how I prepare, even if I don't share them all. Um, I always over-prepare. <laughs> and sometimes the Lord takes that over-preparedness and he's like, I want you to do something like we just did and not do anything on your notes. And we yield to him. I want to encourage you as you enter 2024, yield to the Lord. Yield to the Lord. Surrender to him. Be intimate with him. Sit at his feet. All right. Radical faith. The word is radical faith is what I'm, what I'm going to talk about for the next 20-ish minutes. Um, radical. What does radical mean? Very different from the usual or traditional, revolutionary, reformer, one who stands out. Do you know that faith will cause you to stand out? Faith will cause you to stand out. Radical faith is faith that is not traditional, but it is revolutionary. One who has radical faith stands out. Did you know that radical faith in Jesus is not traditional, it's revolutionary? Sometimes faith is such a basic word. We're like, oh yeah, faith. I got the, you know, I graduated from that course. Did you know that it's your faith in him that makes you a reformer? It's your faith in him that makes you a revolutionary. And so what does faith mean? Does anyone have any ideas? What does faith mean? Trust. Yes, believing in Jesus, great. Yes, Brent? Sure conviction of the truth. I love that because he's pulling on Hebrews which we're going to hit in just a minute. Um, a few, so there's a phrase that you'll find in the Bible often, and the phrase is this, by faith. By faith. And it's actually mentioned in Hebrews 11, 19 times. By faith, Abraham did this. By faith, by faith, by faith. So much so that you cannot read Hebrews 11 and not be full of faith. Romans 5 says, therefore, having been justified by what? Faith. Faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Thank God it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by what? Faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So this phrase is important, by faith. And Hebrews 11.1, which Brent just did a great job of quoting, 
Now, faith is the certainty of things hoped for, proof of things not seen. And that Greek word there is the word proof or conviction. Faith is the conviction of things hoped for. And I love what the King James translation, I don't often read the King James translation. However, in this moment, I love the way that it translates this verse. It says, now faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. What is substance? Substance isn't just some ethereal thing. Substance isn't blindly looking around and grasping at something. Substance is real physical matter of which a person or thing consists and which has a tangible, solid presence. Substance means it resides in something that is real. What's real? A God who was, is, and is to come. What's real? A man named Jesus that came to earth as a baby, died on a cross, and rose again, whose word we don't just read, what we actually believe. Why? Because he's not just, faith isn't just, I'm grasping for something that's in the air, hoping that I latch on to something. Faith is the substance of who Jesus is. Oh, it's actual substance. It's as if I picked this offering basket up. This is faith, and this is the Christian life is not walked by trying to find my way through everything. It's lived by following the substance. You want radical faith? Follow the substance. I told you guys we had to get here fast. So the definition of faith is this. Walking with the conviction that God is real, alive, and active, even if we don't always see it in the natural. We don't always see, but we know he is real. It's also important that we mention this. You don't earn faith. You don't finally graduate to the bumper sticker, and you finally get the faith badge. Finally earned faith in my Christian life. No, 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 no. By faith, you are saved. By faith, by grace, through faith. By grace, through faith, right? That's Ephesians 2. So I don't try and earn a seat at the table. My seat at the table has been purchased for me. I just have to acknowledge that I need Jesus to sit at that table. This is, this is salvation. This is why salvation has to be by faith. Because I have to acknowledge, I need Jesus, I need Jesus. I can't do life without Jesus. I can't stop sinning without Jesus. I can't find freedom without Jesus. I can't be whole without Jesus. I don't know what my dreams are without Jesus. And so we acknowledge that Jesus is the substance of what we need in our life. And we come sit at his table and he's like, hey, you don't have to earn it. Here's, here it is. Here it is. That's faith. It's when you trust him and you choose to believe in him. Meaning that I come to him as one that doesn't deserve it, but because of grace, I get it through my conviction and belief that he's the only way. And we need one way, not many ways. It's why we need the narrow way. We don't need a wide highway of options. We don't need cultural Christianity. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can have a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of that. Yeah, you can have faith over here in that, faith in politics, faith in the world, faith in that, and a little bit of faith in Jesus. Mix it into a bowl, and yeah, that's fine. No, faith is in Jesus alone. So you want to know how to walk? Forget, forget the basket. Forget the options. Forget everything but Jesus, the substance. 
For the gate is narrow and the way is constricted that leads to life, and there are few who find it. And I can guarantee you something this morning. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, I can guarantee you have faith in something. It's one of the arguments that atheists tend to lose. When you really start getting down to it, they do believe that something, like something's happening. You might have faith in gravity, you might have faith in a lot of things, but you have faith in something. And I'll say this as a church, there's a remnant that's in this room this morning that will say, of all the choices, I choose Jesus. So faith is choosing Jesus in the midst of all other options. It's anchored in the conviction that Jesus is the only, the only one. And no matter what, his word is true. So quickly, walking in radical faith. There's three keys to walking in radical faith. And I want you to write these down. Number one, believing his word. Number two, believing who he says he is. And number three, being convinced of his nature. So number one, believing his word. Romans 10, what does it say? 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes as we read his word. Your, your belief in the living God through his son Jesus as applied through the inner working of the Holy Spirit and so by faith, we believe that what he says in here, he actually means. I don't just mean the chapters we like and the ones we don't like. And No, 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 no. I'm saying if you believe this, something will happen. Oh, come on. You got to be more convinced than that. Am I talking to a room of people this morning that believe that when Jesus actually says something in here, that he actually, not only did he do it here, but he intends to do it again? Amen. He intends to do it again. So when the centurion stops Jesus in Matthew 8, and Jesus is like, yes, I will come. And the centurion's like, no, 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 listen, <laughs> I don't need you to come. I don't need you to come. I just need you to speak the word. Oh, come on. I just need you to speak the word. And it's one of the two times in scripture where Jesus attributes, this is not a Jew, by the way, this is a Gentile. And he says, great faith. Great faith. Great faith. Why? Because this man wasn't just convinced that Jesus, he knew Jesus would walk and get there too. And he'd be like, oh yeah, if Jesus lays hands on the guy, He's going to be healed. But he's like, but I believe so much in what this man, uh, the authority that he carries, that I believe all he has to do is speak the word. That's believing the word. That's believing. All right. By faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by what? Not by sight. And I love this because when you look throughout the scriptures, you find so many examples of people that walked by faith and not by sight. Because if they walked by sight, they wouldn't have done anything that they did. 
Have you ever thought about this? Think about this. Think about Abraham going up the mountain with his only son, Isaac. If you're just operating by sight, would you have done that? No, because that would be, that's not wisdom. He didn't know what the outcome was going to be. This story, this one story makes me want to close my Bible and go, I don't know, Lord. I don't know if I could walk up the mountain like that. I, I don't know if I could do that. Right? Walking by faith and not by sight. So listen, have you ever thought about these, these guys in the Bible? Like seriously, Joshua marching around Jericho? Like this would have been a viral TikTok video. The Israelites marched around the city walls once a day for six days, seven times on the seventh day, with the priests blowing their horns daily and the people shouting on the last day. You would have been labeled something weird. But you know what? <laughs> what happened? But here's the deal. Did they know? Did, they, didn't, they, they knew they needed to step out. They didn't exactly know how the Lord was going to do it. Elisha telling the woman in 2 Kings 4, go get as many empty vessels as you can find. Why? Because the oil will not run out as long as you have empty vessels. Right? Moses seeing God in a burning bush. Can you imagine a burning bush and you're walking up to it and all of a sudden the bush speaks to you? <laughs> like when you think about these stories, if you don't actually apply the faith to them, you're like, I don't know, that's kind of... But what's happening here? They believed God. Abraham and Sarah having faith that they could actually conceive at their age. Abraham was 100. Sarah was 90. But they believed God. David. Oh yeah, I'm going to get a few rocks. And this shepherd boy is going to knock over this giant. Yeah, right. Not going to happen. Oh yeah. Why? Faith and not by sight. Noah, can you imagine building a giant boat in your backyard and then deciding, oh yeah, I'm going to bring my family and all the animals on board because the Lord's going to unleash a flood. What would people have thought of you? Let's crucify reputation and influence for a second. What would people have thought about me? Oh, you mean that weird guy that's building a giant boat in his backyard because he thinks that some flood's going to happen? All of these people had two things in common. Number one, they probably were all called crazy and laughed at. Am I talking to some crazy people this morning? Yeah. It's going to get crazy. Here we go. Number two, they knew they needed God, not just kind of needed, not just sometimes needed, but cannot do this without you, God. And I love this because these great exploits that we talk about, they sound ridiculous when you don't know the outcome. We have the outcome because it's in here. But can you imagine in the moment, they had to walk by faith and not by sight. Like, what if I told you today, what if I told you guys that I'm supposed to go over there to that building over there and I'm going to walk around it six, for six days, okay? And then on the seventh day, I'm going to blow a giant trumpet. Then I'm going to scream at the top of my lungs, and something's going to happen. What would you tell me? Say, Andrew, that's a little, right? 
So can you imagine how this would have looked in the moment? But it's different, isn't it, when you know the outcome? It's easy, listen, it's easy to make a decision when you know the outcome, but it is radical to follow God even when you can't see the ending. This is faith. By faith and not by sight means I don't need the outcome or the ending. I just need the person. I just need the substance. I just need the substance. Walk around the building. Okay, I just need the substance. I don't necessarily know how that's going to turn out. I don't know what people are going to think about me. I don't know where the money is going to come from. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I just need the substance. And when you have the substance, everything else is like just going to follow when you follow the substance. That's by faith and not by sight. This is faith, guys, okay? I move even if I can't see it right away. This is why when he says by faith and not by sight, he means the faith becomes your sight. He means we walk not needing to see everything, not needing to get our way all the time, not needing to have it all figured out. But but before we step out, we don't have to have it all written out, but we walk with Jesus as our sight. And this is why great faith many times invites more questions than it has immediate answers for. Because you're stepping out into waters you may not know how to swim in. And actually the fact that you can't swim is what qualifies you to step out into it. Because you allow him to lead you. Come on, in 2024, some of you, you need to step into water you can't swim in. Some of you, you've been stepping into water, you've been stuck in the baby pool for too long. And the Lord's calling you into the deep end of faith to believe the Lord for radical, 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 radical things. Radical things that you can't do because the faith becomes your sight Because you're like, as I lean into the substance, I begin to see things that I would never have done on my own. By faith, I can get there. By faith means you aren't focused on producing an outcome. You're focused on being obedient to and submitting to the lordship of Jesus in your life. Faith is simple but costly. It's foundational but revolutionary. It's not manufactured. It's not grasping for air. It's the reality of no matter what, I need Jesus and I trust him. It's trusting in the substance. And listen, faith is a lot more concerned about following than leading. Oh, I don't have time to go there. Some of us, we're spending... We're spending too much time leading, and the Lord wants us just to follow. What do I mean? I mean, we're leaning, we're leading in our own understanding. And we're walking down roads, and we're leading in our own understanding, and the Lord's like, hey, the best form of leadership is following. You want to learn how to lead? Follow. You want to know where you're going? Follow. Don't worry about leading, just follow. Follow. A shepherd always watches over the sheep, but a shepherd also always realizes that they're a sheep. I shepherd sheep, but I am a sheep to the Lord, and I follow him as the shepherd. All right, really, really, really quickly, because this is really important when we talk about faith. I'm going to take just a few more minutes. Uh, Faith is not a denial of reality. 
Sometimes I think we have this idea that faith means saying everything is good when it isn't. If life is hard, it's okay that things are difficult right now. It's okay. So what I want to encourage you is that fake isn't faith. Disregarding your circumstances and the reality of your situation isn't faith, it's fake. Fake says you can't be honest about your situation because then you aren't having faith. Fake says always put a smile on your face and no matter what is happening, just be strong and don't acknowledge weakness. Do you know that your weakness qualifies you for his strength? Some of us, we've been so stuck in trying to be strong for everybody around us when we need to actually be weak and allow the weakness, allow the Lord to be our strength in that place. And that is actually what faith is. Faith isn't, no, everything in my life is fine, even though everything, you know, like if you look behind me, everything's crashing around me, but it's all good. Everything's fine. I just, you know, no, it's okay. I love Romans 4, where Abraham, it says, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now good as dead, since he was about 100 years old. So Abraham, the Lord has given him a promise, and yet he's like, Lord, I'm 100. How's this going to happen? He contemplates, right? He considered his reality and considered his weakness, but guess what? And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. The power of Christ dwells in me despite of my weakness. So my weakness doesn't disqualify me, it qualifies me. Because my acknowledgement of my weakness and my need for Jesus is revealing my faith in him. So faith doesn't mean things aren't hard. Faith doesn't mean I'm not struggling. Faith anchors me to who God is even when my present circumstances don't look like he is good. Faith is believing beyond. It is believing beyond. Some of us this morning, we need to believe beyond. We acknowledge, man, this is a hard season. I did not expect to, to start the year this way. I didn't expect to end last year this way. I don't know what's going on, Lord. I don't know what's going on, but guess what? Because I know the substance... Because I have his blood and his body, because I know the substance, I have faith to believe beyond. But would you be my strength? Because right now I'm weak. Our present reality may be that we're broken, messy, stuck, needy. Anybody needy? <laughs> right? I need him. Every day. Overwhelmed. But faith isn't disregarding. It's anchoring to a greater reality in the midst of everything. Faith is realizing that because of that, I cannot do life without Jesus. This is why Paul encouraged Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. So how do you fight the good fight? You remain tethered to the conviction that there's only one that can truly give me hope. There's only one that can truly set me free, only one that can save me, only one that can redeem my life from the pit. There's only one that can save my soul, only one that can heal my heart, only one that can give me everlasting peace. There's only one that gives me joy unspeakable, and there's only one way to heaven. And even if I don't see the promises here on earth, listen, this is really important. If I don't see the promises here on earth, ah, oh man, if I could have keys, that'd be awesome. Did you know that you're not going to see all of the promises here on earth? Some of us have been fed a gospel that is all of the promises that you believe are going to happen here on earth. 
And the Lord's actually crucifying that because the reality is that we have an eternal perspective. And if you lose sight of the eternal, you will get burned out in the now because you will live your life swirling for things that the Lord's like, I have that stored up for you in heaven. That's a really big deal. Because when you go through difficult things and you go through loss and there's the why questions and the answer's not really necessarily there, you have to anchor to the eternal perspective. You have to anchor to the eternal perspective. Not everything that you desire is going to happen here on the earth. But guess what? When we go to heaven or when he comes, all things are made right. There's full redemption. And that's why we have to anchor to that. We are saved, being saved, and will be saved. The will be saved is the final redemption where you can read about it in Revelation where there's no pain, where there's no, there's no. Can you imagine being in that place? And if you anchor yourself to that, you can actually weather the storm. Because we look for the blessed hope and the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul wrote to Titus. All right, this is the ending. You can stand. We're going to land the plane. I know this was a lot. But listen, the Lord this year, the Lord wants us to step into radical faith. Not because you can do it, but because he can. I love thinking about this like a grill. How many grillers do we have? It's okay if you're a, you know, you want to be a griller. You're not quite there yet. But if you have a grill, right, you, you turn the burners on, you know, you get everything set for this grill. But if I get everything set, and I've done this before, I've walked outside and I've thrown the meat on the grill and I've turned all the dials, and guess what? I don't have a spark. I'm not going to be able to cook that meat unless I have a spark. I can create the right atmosphere. I can set the grill on high. I can have that raw meat ready to go. But if I don't have a spark, that grill's gonna sit there and nothing's gonna happen. What's the point? The point is we set ourselves up. We get ready. We make the spread out. We've got all the desires. We've got everything there. But we have to have the faith that sparks. It's gotta be the substance that lights that match, throws it on that grill, burst that fire up and actually allows something to be created. So this is the amazing thing about faith. We choose to open up our hearts just like a propane tank and the burners on a grill and we make our decision, but whose responsibility is it to light a spark? If you think it's your responsibility to light a spark, you're gonna be riding the hamster wheel of why isn't this happening? This is super important. It's not your responsibility to ignite a fire in your heart and to keep your heart burning. I love this quote from a pastor named Lee Cummings. He said, we don't handle the presence of God, we host him. We don't handle it, meaning we don't control it. I don't control the presence of God, God, I yield to it. I live from it. So we put our faith in him and he through the Holy Spirit lights that 
fire. He authors faith. He becomes our eyes. And in this season, I felt like the Lord wants to author faith in a fresh way. Some of you, you need faith for things that you've been contending for. Some of you need faith to hold on. Some of you, you need faith to contend, faith for the impossible. Some of you, you need faith in the crushing and the pressing season. Faith in difficulty, faith where there hasn't been a miracle, faith that he can and he will be faithful because he's, he is faithful, but he wants to strike that match on your heart this morning. He wants to light that match and get that spark going and say, here's radical faith. Here's radical faith. It may look different than you've ever seen it before. You have to walk by faith and not by sight. So I don't know what it's going to look like, Lord. I don't know, but I'm going to step out and I'm going to allow myself to stay locked in on the substance. Because that's my faith. So this morning, Lord, we surrender to you. We surrender to you. And we say this morning, we need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you in the questions, Lord. We need you. There's areas where the Lord has asked some of you to step out already, and because you didn't know the outcome, you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. And the Lord wants to give you faith this morning to follow him, to believe him. Lord, I ask this morning for everyone in the room and everyone watching online that you would light a fresh fire in our hearts of faith, Lord, that you would ignite radical faith, that I'm talking to a bunch of people in this room that are going to be willing to build a giant boat, that I'm talking to people in this room that are going to say, hey, is that a burning bush that, what does the Lord want to do? I'm going to march around that wall. I'm going to step out. I'm going to go after the one. I'm going to say everything is impossible, is possible with God. Everything is possible with you, Lord. So we step into that, Lord. We yield to you. You're the only one that can ignite the fire and keep it burning. This morning, I just want to encourage you as we launch into 2024. I want to encourage you to do so. Following the substance of faith, the radical faith that he wants to give us. I believe he wants to give us as a church faith for cities he wants to give us faith faith for bigger things beyond even what we think our capacity is so Lord we just say yes to fresh faith Lord would you author something inside of us Lord would you convince us would we be convinced of who you are to the point where we're like I'm going to follow that voice Lord, we just even ask you for certain situations where, where people are believing in faith for things. Lord, I just ask you for healings where there needs to be healings, Lord. Provision where there needs to be provision, Lord, where people are fighting the good fight of faith and they're like, man, I need a miracle, Lord. We ask you that you would reveal yourself to them, Lord. And we believe you, we believe your word, we believe who you are, we believe what you say you will do. We believe you, Jesus. We believe you. We believe you. We believe you and we trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. Would you be our sight this year, Lord? We're launching into 2024. 
We're launching into 2024, not with our own lenses, but with your lenses. Not with our own eyesight, but with your eyes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we love you, Jesus, and we thank you for faith. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we come and we just say, Lord, thank you for your gift of faith. Seal it in our hearts. Seal it in us. struggle. You're faithful. You're faithful to bring us through. You're faithful to bring us through. You're faithful to bring us through. Some of you right now, you're like, I don't know if I can step into that, Andrew, and you need to anchor to the fact that he's faithful to bring you through. He's faithful to bring you through. He's faithful to bring you through. teams if they can gather over here on this side right here can we say yes as a church to walking in radical faith I, I truly believe this I truly believe this and this is not some hype thing okay this isn't like a good marketing phrase I really believe that the best is yet to come. And I think as a church, we need to actually believe that in the midst of a year where it might bring questions, it might bring shaking, but if we're anchored to the substance, the best is yet to come. So anchor to the substance. All right, we have amazing prophetic teams up here. So thankful for our prophetic teams. Listen, there's no better way to launch into the year than to get a word. So I wanna encourage you, if you want a prophetic word this morning, uh, as a house at Convergence, we believe fully in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in prophecy. We believe in the comfort, the encouragement, the consolation that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians. And so I just want to release you. You can come. You can get a word. Um, if you can line up on this aisle right here, that would be great. And we will have these teams ready to prophesy over you. Let's step in to this year with radical faith. Amen? All right. Well, we'll see you guys next Sunday. Excited about what the Lord's going to do. If you're a guest and this is your first time here, don't forget to sign up for our Discover Convergence. The QR code's right there. You can scan that. We'd love to tell you more about our, our church, who we are.